AG1 is a comprehensive and convenient blend of over 70 high quality ingredients. And what that means is each morning when I wake up, before I do anything else, I drink AG1 to set me up for the day. It keeps me clear headed, full of energy and focused on whatever I need to do, like writing the fighting cock, for example. One scoop once a day before breakfast and that's it. I've actually found that I've not been needing coffee in the morning to get me started. I've still been drinking coffee because I love coffee, but it's not because it's like a necessity to do so. AG1 is made out of the highest quality ingredients subject to the strictest manufacturing standards. AG1 is NSF certified for sport and this process involves exhaustive testing and verification that every serving of AG1 is exactly what you see on the label. If you want to take ownership of your health, try AG1 and get a free one year supply of vitamin D and five free AG1 travel packs for your first purchase. Go to drinkag1.com forward slash the fighting cock. That's drinkag1.com forward slash the fighting cock to get started and to help the podcast. Thank you very much. Have a great day and enjoy the show. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. This podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. This podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. This podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. This podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. This podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. This podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. This podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. This podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. Geico asks, how would you love a chance to save some money on insurance? Of course you would. And when it comes to great rates on insurance, Geico can help. Like with insurance for your car, truck, motorcycle, boat, and RV. Even help with homeowners or renters coverage. Plus, add an easy-to-use mobile app, available 24-hour roadside assistance, and more, and GEICO is an easy choice. Switch today and see all the ways you could save. It's easy. Simply go to GEICO.com or contact your local agent today. This podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. This podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. This podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. Geico asks, how would you love a chance to save some money on insurance? Of course you would. And when it comes to great rates on insurance, Geico can help. Like with insurance for your car, truck, motorcycle, boat, and RV. Even help with homeowners or renters coverage. Plus, add an easy-to-use mobile app, available 24-hour roadside assistance, and more, and Geico is an easy choice. Switch today and see all the ways you could save. It's easy. Simply go to Geico.com or contact your local agent today. Podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. It's the fighting. 
Episode 36 of the Fighting Cock Podcast. Oh, Welcome, don't. everybody. You're not Flav. You're not Flav. What have you done, Flav? He couldn't be here. <laughs> so it's, it's the windy show tonight. Oh, God, he's under, <laughs> he's under the patio. It's Do all, you know it's what? I, Fred West. I, I actually did get a, a text from Flav. Hang on a second. Sorry, lads. I can't make the podcast. I bumped my vagina on the corner of a table <laughs> and it's slightly sore. Oh, See you guys next week. Enough. Poor enough. sausage. That's, that's uh, reason enough. Not it happens, it happens. But we kind of, we made up for it. Flav's not here, but it's the return of the prodigal son. Spooky. Happy New Year, Spooky. Cheers, mate. I died and returned at Easter just in time for chocolates. <laughs> Spooky's ascension. We've also got Ricky. Hello. And we've got T. Hey. And we've got some guests here with us from the Chicago Spurs supporters group. Don't know if you guys want to just come and say hi and explain what you've been doing over the past few days. Thank you for having us. We greatly appreciate it. It's yeah. a pleasure. <laughs> it's good to have you guys here. Hey, uh, we had, uh, we came over from um, from Chicago. Um, we were invited by the club, and uh, I think it was. Uh, Despite the result, we had a, a wonderful time. Um, it, it was an excellent, excellent adventure all around. Um, we have, you know, got a couple of people. My name is Scott. Um, this is Tommy. Hi, everybody. And Rick. Oh, hi, everybody. And uh, we... Uh, I'm faltering for words, apparently. <laughs> um, but... Uh, we you did a tour of the stadium. On did Saturday. a tour of stadium. We had a tour of stadium. Um, we got <laughs> we got to sit on and on the benches. We got to you know um, locker room. Locker room. We got to do all that, and we actually got to prevent, uh, present a uh, Chicago Bulls jersey to Roberto Saldado. Yeah, my um, favorite white, player. Was it a white one? <laughs> no, no, it was a red one. You know, <laughs> yeah, yeah. yeah. As, soon as, as soon as I saw it, I was like, oh, that's not good. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, he. Uh, so why Soldado? Why did he get this jersey? He's going on loan there. <laughs> Uh, no, actually, the reason was because there was a Spurs TV video. They were talking about their favorite basketball teams in the NBA. Um, Soldado's favorite team is the Chicago Bulls. And I was told that him and Paul Gasol were actually very good friends. So, hence, you got the Chicago Bulls jersey. You presented to Soldado. Yes. And he was pleased to receive this, I guess. Surprised? Did he have any idea that what was going to happen? Um, oh. Honestly, we don't really know, because there was just sort of a head shaking and the, the Roberto <laughs> Soldado sort of, you know, smile. Like, yes, yes, thank you. Uh, he didn't sort of sink to his knees in the goal line or anything, put his head in his hand <laughs> and trudge off off the pitch. No, 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 no unfortunately he, not. he seemed to thank us very much. He seemed to be appreciated very much. And, um, yeah, and he happens to be my favourite player, so... <laughs> I know, I know. <laughs> Yeah. Oh, yes. right, cut it. Yeah. Stop recording. Edit that bit out. <laughs> <laughs> so, so I was a bit giddy schoolgirl when he turned up. Um, I have actually met him once before when he when um, um, the Spurs were actually in the United States. I actually took a, a photo with him, had a brief conversation with him. So I was I was very happy that he um, he turned up for the for the for the for the shirt because um, it's actually going to be a um, a shirt swap. Spurs are actually going to provide a Spurs um, kit for Pau Gasol, which will then deliver to um, the Chicago Bulls at some point. Yeah, don't, don't 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 let his accent fool you. He actually does live in Chicago. He uh, <laughs> he is. Yeah, uh, I, I, yeah. I, I am a I am a local. I am a local. A that I, I did move to Chicago, so I'm I'm actually a bit throaty right now. I've got a bit of a sore throat. Um, but yeah, I am a local lad. 
And you guys met some of the Spurs legends, I hear. Yes, we did. So, um, who, who, who did you meet on Saturday? Um, we, we, we met some very fine players who, uh, who I actually... Um, I used to watch Spurs when I in the early 80s. So, we're talking about Mickey Hazard and uh, Graham Roberts and Pat Jennings um, and Paul Allen, one of my favourite players, and there was someone else. Um, Graham Roberts. Graham Roberts. And did you see Mark Falco? Mark, Mark Falco. Okay. And uh, uh, Mickey Hazard would like to uh, deliver a special message to you, boys. Uh, he is rather <laughs> upset that he has not received a re-invite to the podcast. Mickey, Mickey Hazard is welcome on this podcast. Yeah. So, Mickey, there is your shout-out. <laughs> Mickey, just get in touch. Let us know when you want to come on. We'd love to have you back on. It'd be good to see you soon. And there's also a couple of people we'd like to thank at Spurs for organising everything for us. Um, Tony and uh, Stacey, who... Uh, Brilliant. Who were well, very gracious who people. Who worked for Tottenham and they arranged everything, um, all, the, all, the, all the events beforehand and the Legends Night afterwards. We'd really like to thank them. We really had a great time. We also need to basically really, really thank Rick and Anne for, uh, who could unfortunately not be here today, um, to for basically getting uh, you know the bunch of us ragtags together and over to London all at the same time and doing all this extraordinarily great things that um, basically made the horrible game a minimal aspect of the entire day um, it was just it was phenomenal but we still hate Daniel Levy <laughs> <laughs> some of us do <laughs> and some of us don't and you guys meet up in uh, Chicago to watch games at the Atlantic Bar is that right yes yep, we do yes the Atlantic Bar in uh, Lincoln Square and uh, we, uh, we we get there Sometimes at about five o'clock in the morning, um, uh, depending on what it is, and uh, you know. So, like, uh, if if anybody's in the Chicagoland area, or if, if any of you gentlemen, absolutely, yeah, if you guys come to Chicago, you are more than welcome. You will be absolutely taken care of. Um, we uh, we get street clubs. Street clubs. We have a. We actually, that's a very good thing. Uh, we have a, we have a, we have a bartender named uh, John who has the uh, who has his own song. Yes, he's the only bartender. He's the only bartender in Chicago who has his own song. And um, I think you should be pouring your own uh, pouring our, uh, another Guinness right about now. But um, uh, he 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 I think has the connections to uh, <laughs> facilitate your needs, so to speak. Establishment. Yeah, you'll be hooked up, no problem at all. <laughs> Anybody, any any Spurs fan who comes to Chicago, Atlantic Bar. Open arms, you're there. Weird and so. for any listeners of season one of The Fighting Cock, these guys also know <laughs> Chicago Dan, who was a regular back in the day yeah. and uh, is apparently doing very well and yes. uh, still enjoys watching Spurs, so it's good to hear. Yes. Gentlemen, Absolutely. it's lovely to have met you. Thank you very much for coming along. Thank you so um, much. No problem. Pleasure's on mine. <laughs> cool. And I'm sure you'll, you'll chip in at some point during the podcast, but thank you. It's good to hear about your uh, day out on Saturday. It's, you know, it's nice to hear... Good thing said about people who work for the club because a lot of the time on social media you hear kind of a lot of negatives about the ownership and the, the people that work at the club. So hearing that they look after fans like that is is nice to hear. Right on to the uh, the pro- podcast proper. Firstly, I better say that we've got a new fanzine coming out soon. It's going to be available for pre-order shortly. Issue two of the fanzine is now sold out, but one and three are still available. So if you're interested on in getting your hands on any of the fanzines, they're still online. Second thing to say is our under-21s are playing Liverpool this Friday. It's not going to be an 1882 event, but do come down and get involved, sing along. Fans are advised to buy tickets in advance. It's £5 for adults, £3 for members or season ticket holders. 
under 16s and over 65s of £1. Tickets are available in person at the ticket office or by calling 0344 844 0102. Select option two and just ask for uh, block 50, was it 15, 16? Yeah, I mean, it's not in 82, but I think most of the people are going to buy in um, 15 and 16. And um, yeah, the ticket office is open from half nine till five. Right, gentlemen, I suppose we've got to do it. Aston Villa. Oh, God, the, do post, we have the to? post-mortem. <laughs> Sherwood 3, Pochettino 0. <laughs> That's the crazy run of out results, isn't again. it? He's been out of tactics, in the, words of, um, in the words of Big Sam. It's a result that a lot of people saw coming. I thought there'd be more goals in the game. I think we all predicted, like, 3-2 and 4-3. Um, but, I don't know, it's... I, don't, I wasn't really thinking about Sherwood during the game. I didn't really think about him after the game. I, just, I was more focused on on how abject we looked, really. Um, we didn't play We didn't play great. I think there's many people who are under, <clears throat> underperforming. And, you know, a lot of people have... I mean, Barley did the um, did the graphic for the... That was Is it? it a parasol? Yeah, yeah, yeah. With a parasol and the pina colada. Listen, the players are on the beach. And, you know, a lot of people have said that, and it's, it's a bit of a worry because we're not... When we played Chelsea, I was saying, you know, we don't end up like, you know, we did after Ramos when he won the, when he beat Chelsea in 2008. Yeah. And it's almost, it's almost repeating itself, but a bit, but a bit later. Almost. I mean, uh, I, was, I was at the game on, on uh, Saturday and, uh, you know, obviously Villa are fighting for their lives at the moment and regardless <laughs> of Sherwood, you know, they, ha- they had to turn up and they had to play, but we're at home um, in front of the home, obviously home crowd. I just thought there would be more to the performance. I, I, it's more acceptable if you know we hit the bar, the post. We had loads of chances. You could see what we were trying to do. But there was parts of the game where I was watching it, and it was kind of like going back to old, where um, where when we had Bale on the left, and he would drift into central, and there was no outlet on the left. Um, the no cover for 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 Rose and and I was watching and Chadley was drifting into the middle and that, that's absolutely fine but you have to be you have to be affecting the game and you have to bring value to to why you're doing that and then in the end I, I was watching Harry Kane swap over and go on that side and then when he had the ball and he was uh, attacking Villa's goal and he would look up and there was no one there so it was kind of there was that that final third and and Ericsson did didn't have a great game, and he's kind of our, our architect and trying to uh, pull players in, in, into play, put people in. Um, it just looked, at times, it just looked very congested centrally um, and not very much width. Um, and then when players did kind of think, you know, I'll go out to the wing, there was no one in the middle, and it was just kind of, there was nobody busting a gut to do anything or to try and change the game. It was like, Ah, uh, it's already done. This is how it is. I think you nailed it, Rick, when you said about Villa having something to play for. Um, that for me, that felt like the key to the whole game. That they they were highly motivated, and it helps that they got the kind of new manager bounce. <laughs> but I think we have to give Sherwood a bit of credit. Um, he got a lot of stick during his time at Spurs for being a four four two merchant. He just didn't budge from that system. Maybe he's learnt now that sometimes to win a game you have to pick the side that suits the team or that suits the team you're playing against. And Sherwood went with three midfields. We had two midfields, so there's an obvious mismatch there. To try and counteract that, we had Ericsson tucking in at times on Cleverly to try and kind of 
match up in midfield. Ericsson was playing from the left, Chadley was playing in the centre, but they rotated regularly. And it felt like Ericsson had about three different jobs to do in one match. And as a result, he suffered from that massively. His poor form continued. He's been poor for probably six to eight weeks now. And he was well below par in this game. His pass completion was 72%, which is 10% down on his Premier League average. We don't, we don't do stats on this pod. You do, we do stats on Windy's, Windy's <laughs> part that separates part one and part yeah. two of the pod. Not during, not during the actual pod. <laughs> so, cut back on that, yeah? <laughs> well, one more stat that I noticed. Benteke had 65 touches, which was more than any other Villa player. Harry Kane had 45, which was the fewest in our team. And it, it felt like it was it was billed as a game of two informed strikers and it felt like that was the kind of defining element of the game, that Benteke was masterful. He, he won everything in the air. He, he scored the winning goal by beating Fazio without even really moving. He just jumped. Um, Fazio gave him far too much room. I mean, what, what, watching the replay, uh, Fazio, for kind of a, a lot of people that say that he's slow... Um, not great positionally and things, but you know the the guy can win a header. That um, if that's the only thing that's going for you, you win the heads. And he was he was nowhere, absolutely nowhere. And Benteke completely uh, dominated him in the air, got up early, overtook him, and, and then put it in the back of the net. And I was just like really surprised at how easy that was. Really, uh, I actually did a windy, and I watched the goal about two or three times. And so the ball comes over. Fazio actually clears the ball. Vlad has the ball, and Vlad gives it straight back yeah. to them. So, so Fazio won a fair bit in the, in the air early on. So they get the ball back. Cleverly overlaps, which fools Rose, because I think Rose expected the ball to go to Cleverly. Bakuna crosses it early, and because, by the time Fazio sets his feet, Benteke's there. And for a long spell of the game, Benteke's completely unplayable. And... I mean, it's, I mean, it's easy to say maybe Dawson or someone maybe would have handled him better, but I think when he's on this kind of form, it's just very hard. And sometimes you can't legislate for someone playing that well. One other thing that frustrated me was um, Benteke's first touch, I wouldn't say it's the best in the league by any stretch of the imagination, so they're lumping the ball into him and he'd had the ball and have time to trap it. Now, Mason, early doors, was getting, getting into his chest and making sure he didn't get that second ball, but when he kept getting the second ball... Ed Bonhoeffer would run on, Dar would be on his on his heels when um, Ed Bonhoeffer hits the post, for example. Did he see, Dar did the same thing he did against Rooney, just went past him like he wasn't wasn't even there. But, and, and then um, with Benteke's form, you all know the stats, 10 and 21, 5 and 3. Is it 3 and 5 or 5 and 3, anyway. And um, it's similar to last season of Adi Bayor. You know, when he first, Adi Bayor first came in under Sherwood, he scored a goal, he's doing similar again this season. And what he said to Benteke, just to focus on being a striker, don't focus on anything else. You haven't got a press, just just do what you do best, and it seems to be working for him. Sorry, Rick. No, I was just going to say that uh, like Ben Tacker was very aggressive, always trying to get forward, and, and he is that type of player. And I thought that it would kind of suit Fazio, and he likes that physical game and headers and you know sh- uh, charging with shoulders and, and really getting kind of given as much as he got really. Um, but Benteke really did put him under the cosh and, uh, and uh, Dyer as well. But it's kind of, um, I, I don't know whether it's to, down to Fazio's sharpness or, or anything, or just ben, Benteke was just, he's in that form at the moment that he, he's getting goals, they've got the confidence and he's just going for it. And I don't know. It's a different partnership, so it's, 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 it's difficult to call. <laughs> 
when I was last on the podcast, we were kind of all talking and eulogising about Pochettino, saying how we'd fallen back in love with, with Spurs, how happy we were, proud. And Flav said there's a fight in our team, even in defeat. And it felt like in this game there wasn't much fight left. Um, and one of the things I've read post-match is that we had no leaders in our team. Now, Harry Kane was given the armband two matches ago. In that last five minutes, Kane showed a bit of spark and fight. He's kind of wrestling the ball out of players' hands. He, was, he, he beat seven men in, at one point in the last five minutes. And I think maybe that's what Pochettino was looking for when he gave Kane the armband. But I'm guessing he was hoping that kind of element of it to his game would show up a bit earlier because it feels like we've lacked someone to stand up and be counted when the going's got tough. And we, we saw Bale do that, obviously, in his um, last season with us. Is Kane, is Kane capable of doing that at this point in his career? Probably not. It's probably a bit too early for him. Well, um, <clears throat> before the match, I remember last season he talked about cones. I think um, Crystal Palace brought the cones out and they were all running around cones. So when the game started, they were fresh and up and at them. And on Saturday, um, I went to my boy on Saturday and he noticed that you know, Villa were doing their pre-match huddle. They were all like, together. And our team looked very disjointed. We didn't look fresh at all. You had Townsend in the centre circle. You had um, players here, there and everywhere. And um, Kane's going around, you know, giving out high fives. It didn't seem like a together team at the start. And I think Kane being captain is probably a little bit propaganda in terms of he's, you know, he's probably the most popular player and it'll, and he's not a player. He's, even if he makes a mistake, the fans don't get on his back. So maybe, maybe there's that in there. But he's, he's very inexperienced and maybe... I think this will be the last game he'll be captain because Vertonghen or Lowe's will be back for Newcastle. Spook, we've, I read your uh, post-Villa blog, which is excellent. Sum the game up for us. Yeah, just a load of bollocks, really. You guys always... I, I love listening to you guys talk because you, you, you especially T's, been doing some pretty good homework on games, Wendy. Uh, there's a bit of pressure on you, mate, now. Seriously. <laughs> but, um, <clears throat> look, at the start of the season, I accepted this season as, as a transition. OK, that's not... To mean that I had no ambitions for us to do something, compete, and maybe maybe go on a cup run, we did. We lost a cup final against Chelsea, mainly because, as, as it's been said a few times, you don't fuck Mourinho twice. We'd done him in the league game, he'd done his homework, and he, they stitched us up at, at Wembley, and that was it. Had we won that cup, um, it, people would have been gen- would have been happy because it's silverware, but we, we probably would have got the same. Post Cup final form that we're seeing now, and that is a disjointed team because that's exactly what we are. You can't complain that you want something and then complain that we've, we've, we've not got enough of something to actually make a tangible challenge. It's either one or the other. Don't shift your complaint. Yeah, have a go at maybe our, our coach makes mistakes. Maybe there's certain players that are far too inconsistent. But you've got to remember he inherited a side from a former manager who supposedly didn't want half the players, it is, it's, it's a cluster to start off with. These aren't ex- excuses, these are just facts. Yeah, Cooman at Southampton, how's he managed to galvanise them? And, oh, fucking hell, I've brought back galvanise. <laughs> how's he managed to get them spirited? <laughs> and we, we've, seen, we've seen this season, we've seen... It's like this season, like this performance, people are using it as the benchmark of it ain't working, the players aren't good enough, the coach isn't good enough. What about when we beat Chelsea and Arsenal? What about some of the, the other last-minute victories? There's spirit there, there's structure there. The spine ain't, ain't strong enough. It's like Wolverine when he's made... Uh, actually, Wolverine's dead now in the comics, so I don't know what that means. <laughs> Shit. Spoiler. But do you know, do you know what I mean? It, it's, it doesn't... It, 
Look, what I saw against Villa was poor. Sherwood credits him. I will say this. He's got an average team playing for their lives because they've got the fear of relegation. Ricky said it. You've all actually said it already. They've got something to play for. Our players have switched off. And I guess there's half a squad of players in there that don't know if they've got a future next season at Tottenham. Um, I can't wait for the summer. I genuinely, I've got nothing left to give to, to Spurs. They're, they're giving me nothing. I've got nothing to give back. It's been an okay season with high, with high points. The main one being Harry Kane. And I'll take that away in the summer months and look forward to the next uh, transfer window, really. <laughs> oh, God. But was it the sort of point you made there? Good but... to be back. <laughs> <laughs> Drops mic. Um, the point you made, you know, there's been a lot of complaints about average players in an average squad, but the performances are almost bearing that out over the last two or three games. There's many players, normally you look to someone for a spark. We've had games like this under AVB and Redknapp, we've been at home, we've been uninspiring. We lost to Wigan 1-0 at home, I think, after we beat Young Boys from memory. Mm. And it was a similar game, Turgid, we couldn't create anything. And we've even better players, it's just one of those things. But we've got a very average squad and... There's no real depth, really, no, when you no, think about no, it. No, there's none at all, and, and I think there's a point made that you know, perhaps they don't have the players for a plan B. There's so much talk about, well, why doesn't Pochettino have a plan B? But what is the plan B? Who, was, who could have come off that bench and maybe won us the game? Maybe he could have brought on Lamella earlier. But, you know, you say Pochettino's only got one way of playing, but, you got, but who's, who's going to really provide that? I'm I mean, going to make one more point, I'm really, really sorry. Sorry, go for it, T. Um, his, his subs have been criticised. A hell of a lot. And do you know what? Only one sub has scored for Spurs all season. One sub. And that sub was Harry Kane. Harry Kane was someone off the bench <laughs> who was a plan B, who could come off the bench and do something. Now Harry Kane's a starter. Had he by all? Well, that's the thing. We thought he could. Get him off Instagram and onto the bench <laughs> and we're sorted. Get him some decent clubber as well. <laughs> I mean, we, there was a point in the season where we were all talking about the fitness regime and how fit and fresh our players looked and how they were scoring late goals. And it just feels like now we, it's, that's come home to roost and we, we're kind of regretting all these comments we were saying about the fitness training and how well it had gone because the players look exhausted. And it's no surprise, I mean, the squad's small. We've had a confidence-sapping period where we played well and lost to Liverpool. We played well and drew with Fiorentina. We drew with West Ham, lost to Fiorentina. That was a horrible match. I mean, so much could have gone away and didn't. We lost the cup final despite playing relatively well and that must take its toll on players' yeah, confidence. definitely. And that's, I think that was the key in this game. It's perspective, man. There's not enough perspective but, on this. But you know what, we've talked about fatigue, yeah? But Chelsea have five players that have played over 3,000 minutes to our three. So I think Ricky's always banged the drum for rotation. Maybe we could use our players a bit. I think it's Kane, Vertonghen and Hugo. And, and Ericsson, maybe three or four. We're over 3,000 minutes. You know what? Maybe you could lose, use people like Stan Bully more. Maybe yeah, yeah, that's the, exactly ro- it. Take the load Rotation off. would work because when you look at our defence... When there's a couple of players out injured, it just looks like makeshift defence with no real... There's no sense that they're a unit, whereas we need our first-team players playing for you to feel confident they're going to play as per the instructions given by the coach. Whereas you get Fazio in there, that, who hasn't played, what, for three months? Yes, right? since January, and he's coming I mean, up against the informed striker. Well, decade, but, so. You know, it's like a suicidal tactics selection. So I read something earlier, <clears throat> and it was about, um, don't quote me like for like it, but it was something around this. I've definitely got this nailed. <laughs> uh, Poch was saying, so I think someone posed the question, that, do you need a bigger squad? And he said, no, I don't need a bigger squad. 
But then he said, I need a different squad. Mm. So it's not the amount of players, but it's the kind of calibre or what he (laughs) needs the squad to do when they play Europa. Or um, it's kind of like getting getting that fine balance, whether it's the pressing game, whether it's getting uh, players to buy in, that you're not always going to be playing, but you're part of a bigger squad. That, you know, maybe you're not going to be playing however many minutes... Um, throughout the rest of the season, but you are going to be contributing, and we need you to be sharp and focused, and not kind of uh, kick off to say, "Oh, I didn't play uh, the whole ninety minutes; I only got eighty minutes, or or whatever." But there are so many things that when you join a club, and when you say to a player or players that this is what you're buying into, and maybe yeah, he he hasn't got uh, the tools for the job, and you know, come the summer. As always, people go in, people come out. But with uh, Mitchell, and I, I've, see, I've seen kind of him say the word, um, it's analyse the squad, analyse this, analyse that. So it's kind of taking what they've learned from the season in Europa, in league, cups as well, and then making an informed decision and not just saying, right, we've got 110 mil cash on the IP for Bale. Right, let's go for that player. Actually, that's a bit too expensive. Let's Let's go for second best. And go, going that route, so maybe there might be a bit more of a kind of um, a theory of why an analytical approach about why they're going for certain players, and that it's his players that he wants, and this is the Which job is that they're going to do. Exactly right, because what you're saying is, or what Poch is saying is, I want to play a particular type of football. I can't play it with these players because some of them are not capable. As simple as that. And so he will try and get the best. I mean, you could dump Harry Redknapp in there. And we might go on a run of 10, 15 games playing really great football, but it's going to be deeply flawed and it'll come unstuck at the end. Do you want that just so you can say, yeah, we're playing pretty football? Or do you want something that will generate pretty football over and, and successful football that might take a little bit longer? I mean, it's again, it's just so obvious. He hasn't got the players to play the football that he wants. If he's stubborn and he, and he wants to play a particular type of football, he's been appointed... Everyone's got to show confidence in him. Otherwise, what's the point? Sack him and bring someone else in that, that would do what Redknapp did. And then we can have like two or three seasons of, of, of an adventure, but we're dropped down again. Just don't complain about dropping down. Do you know what I mean? You, I, I'm, I've had enough of just the... the um, we're going to have a breakdown. I've, just, I've had enough of... There's no consistency with the, what people are complaining about. Do you know what, I mean? what is it? You, do you what do you actually want? Do you want Champions League football? Because if you wanted that, we should have moved to Stratford. Really, okay. Do, what is it that you want out out of Spurs? Uh, most people wanted to see entertaining football, good football. You're not going to get that at the minute. We, we spunked a hundred million quid on players that we didn't really need. What you're saying I mean? is completely. That's obviously completely legitimate. And I think the long term approach that you two have just discussed is what we all hope to see. My argument would be. There are things that Pochettino could have done in the short term to, know, to get us over criticism. the line. He's not beyond criticism. And, and it's, it's the little things that I think have, have bothered fans recently. I mean, Ch- how Chadley's still in the team, I know we haven't got great alternatives to Chadley, but his performances since, unfortunately, his father passed away have been abysmal. He's, he's not come back in any kind of form. We've got a midfield who's struggling for various reasons. One, probably they're not, they've never had a full season in the Premier League before, these two players. They're not used to this kind of level of play or the, the physicality of it as well. And ahead of them, three players who are meant to kind of be the, the, the spark of the pressing play 
aren't pressing. Chadley's the most lethargic player bar Dembele in the squad. Eriksen is completely shot. You've got Townsend on the right who's been in and out. And he's done okay in, in, in fits and starts, but his pressing isn't really there. And Lamella, who is the one good press, has been dropped. So um, Bentaleb and Mason are suffering from that. So why not bring in Stombouli or, or even Dembele, who I'm not a great fan of, but he, you know he'd improve things. Um, why not bring one of them in? If you're going to bring in Paulinho and switch to a 4-3-3, surely you've got to give one of those two a, a game who are surely better suited hmm. at the moment. And that's what bugs me about Pochettino um, in the last few games. It's I, I, I don't mind at all that he's stubborn, because I, I blogged about it last week. I think there's a legitimate reason for being stubborn with your selections at times because it kind of harbours belief from the players that you, this is what you want to achieve. But when it's not working, sometimes you do have to take a look at yourself and just make small changes that can have a massive impact. And it's the lack of rotation that we've really suffered from. I just think Ericsson is a massive fuckboy. Massive, yeah. <laughs> massive fuckboy. The amount of challenges he pulled out of is so fucking annoying. He's just flimsy time after time. time. And I thought about Ricky when I'm seeing because I was actually sat, sat near on Saturday and I just thought, again, again, all these 50 50s you're pulling out of. And Pussy old man. Exactly. And then Villa have got the FA Cup semi on, on Sunday, so you'd think they'd take it easy, but they they were leaving feet in it, they're really going for it. I mean there's three bookings apiece. Sanchez and his sent team. off with a, a yeah, ruthless but, challenge. Yeah, but that, that, that reflects well on Sherwood, because Sherwood actually said after the game, I've been telling my players to do that kind of thing all along, to sacrifice yourself for the team because it broke the game up because we were we were ready to do a counter attack when that happened and he just broke the game up completely and he sacrificed a place for himself in the semi final for Sherwood and maybe a team like Villa is good for Sherwood. Players that all buy into your ideals, whereas at Spurs, it's almost like a ragtag bunch of mercenaries. Sorry, just going back to your point, Wendy, as a, as a, a stat man, um, I haven't looked at the stats recently, very rarely do, but it's just one, <laughs> one that stuck in my mind from a while back. But um, if you were to look at Chadley, um, his... Is, isn't he like quite high in assists and goals? Within, goals, within our yes. Team? He, he's scored. A, he's sc- I think he's scored eight goals in the league. Assists. He's, so he's, comparing he's, that with our midfield on who who's contributing out of goals, um, and obviously Harry Kane's the only striker that that is doing it. So if you were to look at that and look at goals and assists and stuff, you would think I tell yeah. you what, you know, he he's uh, international for Belgium. He's scoring. Um, while he's playing, he, he's you know he's a, he's a tall lad. He's skillful. He, he's got to play. But then when you look at the way Poch wants to play, with the pressing, his lethargic kind of milling around in the centre circle, which is what I saw against Villa, that doesn't work. So it's kind of like, how would you uh, draw the line on when you look at statistics and then when you look at with your eyes? Because for me personally, I. Like I've just said, I'm I'm not huge on statistics unless it's something that is kind of like glaringly obvious. When you look at Messi's statistic and it's fucking outrageous compared to, to players, but then you look at Chadley and I, you know, for me it's like look at him—he scored that many goals and he's Assisted, a tall guy, whatever, yeah, yeah. And then so surely he's got to play because of looking at numbers. Yeah, we we've got an issue in our squad that we don't have many contributors to goals. That that is a problem. Um, that's again partly the system and partly the lack of consistency in, in who we've picked in different positions I mean other than Kane Eriksson's chipped in and Chadley's chipped in that's really it for this it season. is isn't it so I can see why Chadley's played but I think Pochettino needs to look at 
other um, statistics as well, and I'm, I'm, I, I've got no idea what the, the sprint stats are for Chadley, but he, he doesn't track back like others do. Um, I don't know whether he's asked to. I don't know if it's, he's told to play high <laughs> and not track back, but he doesn't give any support to Rose. And that kind of makes Rose's achievements all the more impressive. He's been our, our best player in, in the last few games. Uh, he's the best player again at the weekend. He's the only one that really had a goal threat as well. He had the, that really good effort on, on yeah. goal. Um, he's a great player. been playing very well. But something I read the other day was Pochettino has actually instructed that training be filmed from various angles. This allows him and club analysts to decide who is fully fit and who needs resting. Now, this is, um, this is something that our lack of injuries this season has been put down to. That makes it all the more frustrating. It's only picking from a very small pool of players. And once a player falls out of that pool, they don't find a way back in. We had Dembele, Eriksson and Lamella, sorry, behind Kane. And those three were doing quite well for a period. We, you know, we beat Arsenal, I believe, with those three behind the front man. And then Lamella and Dembele had been kind of, you know, edged out. And I, I'm not saying those two would make a massive difference to our recent form, but there's all, these, there's all this evidence pointing towards Pochettino being meticulous and watching the same game that we're watching. But he continues to pick people like Chadley and, to a lesser degree, Townsend, who are underperforming. I don't think Townsend was that bad on Saturday, personally. I don't, I don't think him or Fazio was that bad on Saturday. That's very charitable of you, T. I'm keeping an eye on the time. I know we're probably overrunning on this and we've we've done it to death. But the last thing I wanted to say while we've got our American brethren here is uh, Yedlin made his debut. He's, he's, been, he's, been, <laughs> he's been mentioned so he much. He can run though. really, really fast. <laughs> hey, that's something. I mean, <laughs> did anyone have anything to say about Yedlin's debut? He had one moment of well. sheer horror where... He kind of he was caught upfield, fine because if we were chasing the game, you'd expect him to be up there. But then he he didn't read what Bentaleb was was passing Delph over to him. He didn't read that. He didn't get back behind the ball. Uh, ended up trying to rugby tackle Delph. It's, um, just, it's unfair. To I mean, you can't judge. No, you game. can't. You it's, can't say anything. It's far too early. early. Like good luck on him. He's made his debut. You Tell know, you what, though, the guy's stacked. He is hmm. a big. He's, he's, he's a, a big little guy. Yeah, he's <laughs> an athlete. He's obviously quite skillful as well. It's just. Development. He's a young lad. Yeah, he reminds um, me a lot of myself. <laughs> <laughs> You're probably better than him, to be honest. <laughs> he looked like a competition winner to me, to be honest. But I don't know. He, he was there to 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 provide width, which Kirikesh wasn't really doing. But because he was brought on so late, he wasn't really going to make an impact in the game. And it was a game that we were losing, and the fans were on the players' back. Well, I said to the guys um, yesterday that. Carl Walker's debut was against Portsmouth. I think we won 2-0. I think it was before we played him in the FA Cup semi-final. That was a game where the fans were happy. We were in the semi-final. We were doing well. We had Modric and mm. all the other players. And the Edlin's coming into a team who are very low on confidence. The fans are a bit pissed off at the way our season's panned out. So it, was, it can't have been easy for, for Edlin to come into a situation like that. OK, it's, that's we call, it. We call it the Tottenham welcome. Exactly. I think we've done uh, Villa to death. That's probably it for the first half. Um, next up is a youth update of sorts. Self-promotion. Yeah. Windy, back to draw the fucking knowledge, blood. I see you, I got your back. So I've been asked to do Windy's youth update. Can't have a day off first day off in maybe four years can't have one of those off so um i've been asked to do this i'm not even really bothered about that so much as i am insulted that i have to do windy's youth update anyway 
Let's start with the Lonies. Lewis Holtby played 90 minutes on the right-hand side of Hamburg as they lost 2-0 at home to Wolfsburg. Can't wait for him to be at Spurs next season. Tom Carroll missed out for Swansea City with an ankle ligament injury and he will be out for six weeks. Aaron Lennon played 90 minutes and scored a tidy goal for Everton as they drew one all with Swansea, given the fact that Chadley Lamella and Townsend couldn't hit a cow's ass with a banjo at the moment. That's especially painful. Ryan Fredericks wasn't involved for Middlesbrough, but he has now returned from injury and their fans seem desperate for him to be brought back in. Alex Pritchard played 86 minutes and scored a lovely goal as Brentford drew one all at Derby. Grant Hall missed out for Blackpool through injury. Milos Velkovic is still missing for Charlton. Also think he's missing an arm, if I remember his injury correctly. Jordan Archer was an unused sub for Millwall. He once followed me for five minutes on Twitter before realising his mistake. That's probably got big fat thumbs. He can't help it. Deli Ali played 62 minutes as MK Dons drew 0-0 at Port Vale. Dominic Ball played 90 minutes as Cambridge United drew tall with Accrington Stanley. Wendy spoke to a Cambridge fan on Twitter who said well, he was his man of the match. Twitter being an excellent source for these sort of things. Nathan Adua was a 68th minute sub as Luton Town lost 1-0 at home to Burton Albion. Emmanuel Sanoop could be involved for St Mirren on a Monday night. He bloody wants to be. I could be involved for St Mirren if I could be asked to get up to Scotland. Thomas Slav Gamel wasn't involved for Bari. Brilliant. Grant Ward and Bongani Kamalo both played 90 minutes as Ward's Coventry City beat Kamalo's Colchester 1-0. Shaq Cole first played 82 minutes as York City beat Hartlepool 1-0. On to the under-18s. They drew a 2-all at Everton's training ground with both teams finishing the match with 10 men. Shayon Harrison and Luke Amos were our goal scorers with Amos being sent off for throwing the ball in the face of an Everton player who was also dismissed having pushed Amos at the start of the fracas. Having come second in the South group during the group stages, we're currently towards the bottom of the final stage with just a point from our three games so far. No idea what any of that means. Under-21s play Liverpool at White Hart Lane on Friday night. Kickoff is 7pm. If you're interested in more of our young players, follow Windy on Twitter. That's Windy Coys. Coys for Come On Yedlin Shoes. This has been absolutely bollocks. Never doing it again. <laughs> it's the second half of the Fighting Cock podcast. Thank you, Flav, for that youth update, I think. Maybe. We'll see how it comes out. Yeah. Um, the Fighting Cock supports the campaign against living mis- miserably or calm. 12 men a day commit suicide. It's in fact the biggest killer of men under 45 in the UK. If you're feeling sad or low, talk to someone. It doesn't have to be someone you know. Calm have a helpline open from 5pm till midnight. It's 0808-802-5858. Also, their web chat is open from 5pm to midnight. You can find them on thecalmzone.net and their Twitter handle is at thecalmzone. Okay, so next up is Newcastle. Now, Newcastle is an interesting game because they have hashtag boycott Spurs ongoing. It's a televised 4pm game on Sky and they're trying to kind of be as visible as possible with their protest against Mike Ashley. Um, I mean, I think we've 
We've so they're seen... not boycotting Spurs, they're boycotting... Well, this was what confused me about the hashtag. It's a very, it's a strange hashtag to use because it kind of implies it's something to do with Spurs, but no. Well, Mark Ashley is meant to be a Spurs fan, probably stems from that. Is co- that part of the... Hold on, they spelled boycott mafia. right. So, I mean, they're, run, they're having protests before and after the game as well. Um, it's, the campaign seems to have picked up a bit of momentum. They seem to have a few people on board. I don't think we've seen anything like this happen before, as far as I know. I mean, there have been walkout protests that haven't really been well, well observed. Newcastle have done similar before. Um, but from, what, from, from what I've, the little I've read about it, um, it's the people behind a pod you out campaign. And you know, even if you don't support why they're doing it, because it only came it only came about after they lost in um, Sunderland, so you, you maybe maybe a bit easier. If they beat Sunderland five 0 maybe they wouldn't be doing it. But the fact that fans are mobilising and ma- taking a stand, I think it's it's a good thing. Yeah, I mean, leading on to that as well. Uh, yeah, it, when fans do mobilise, it it is a good thing, and I do like to see uh, the power change to the fan and for them to kind of. Uh, show that they're discontent of that whatever's happening with their club that they're not happy and that's how they're going to that's how they're going to show it but um Newcastle for for everyone that wants to take the piss or whatever are a well supported club and I'm it's going to be interesting to see how many seats are left empty because they normally do get you know a set out up there and there's a lot of season ticket holders as well I know Oh, really? So yeah, a high percentage of the stadium is filled with season ticket holders, and I think it's the season ticket holders they're trying to really get the buy-in from with the protest. Yeah. But, uh, and again, as well, I mean, um, I don't know anything about this situation at all. Yeah, I, I, I get that they're, they're not happy, but what, I, what I'd like to know is what, where do they think Newcastle should be? What like, I think it's more to do with just actually being a businessman that's using Newcastle to make more money... Actually, that's every chairman in the country, really. How? how but how is he? How is he using Newcastle well, to make more money? Well, what happened was they were rec- fucking shit. <laughs> <laughs> but they recorded a nineteen million pound profit, which you know they were lauded for. But they have they went through a phase of eighteen months. They didn't sign a full time professional player in that time on a permanent deal. And also, they only had thirteen fit senior players against Arsenal. So there's a lot of. Um, Cracks. There's a lot of um, you know papering over a lot of cracks of Newcastle. There's a lot of things within the club that they're not they're not happy about. But the Pardew the Pardew out thing is not a very likable person, but he does get results. I just didn't really quite understand it from personally. I read something earlier. I, Mike Ashley was involved with Rangers as well. Yeah, um, that, that failed, yeah. didn't it? <laughs> and, and, and yeah, exactly. He didn't have a majority shareholding there, so they, the, the protest by the Glasgow Rangers fans managed to get him out. And I read earlier that Ashley, I think, is taking some kind of legal action against the Rangers fan who, who bought a share in Sports Direct so that he could get involved in shareholders' meetings and he's trying to bring about some kind of rebellion against the Zero Hours contract. That's brilliant. And the Sports Direct bunch. I love that. I thought it was awesome. Yeah, um, cool. But when it's a majority shareholder I think things are, are, are very different and I can't really see Ashley backing down over this I mean he's got no the man's got no shame anyway yeah um, he doesn't he, he, I, I think part of the issue the fans have is that he seems to sell players as soon as they they start looking good because he's focused on profits the thing that interests me is the kind of slight parallel with Spurs because obviously we had the Enoch out um, Twitter account starting up we had a lot of fans 
who it seems have been against Enoch and Daniel Levy for some time, suddenly became mobile when things were going badly um, October, November time. Mobile? They were on a unicycle, weren't they? <laughs> I mean, in, at least we've, I mean, Newcastle supporters do love to moan a bit, even more so than, than Spurs fans. And, you know, you saw it with Allardyce. You know, they more or less got rid of him. I mean, their, their football wasn't that pretty, but then that's what you expect from that type of manager, but he was probably brought in to give them a, a solid spine and, and kind of build on that. But supporters, you know, we are fickle and, and you know, we do throw the dummy out the pram. And, uh, do, you know what, do you know what I mean? So we've, with something like this, I think T's right. If they'd beaten Sunderland, they, they probably would have prodded to the end of the season and they possibly bought more French players in the summer and, and they would have gone about their business again. And halfway through next season, they would have brought out the get rid of whoever's in charge. Uh, boycott campaign, whatever. Well, I was, and the reading I was doing um, for for this game, obviously a lot of them are saying they didn't want um, Pardew there anymore, but they're not that happy with, um, with Carver either. I mean, before tonight, got nine points out of 39. He spent a season at Toronto, didn't really pull up any trees there. I mean, they, they, they seem to want them gone as well. But what are we actually doing here? We're talking a lot about Newcastle. Right? This is a Newcastle pod. But, uh, Fuck yeah, Newcastle United. Boycott Newcastle United. <laughs> uh, can I get relegated? No, you never know. They could, they could get sucked in. I hope you get relegated. That's all I've got to say on Newcastle United. Well, it'll be interesting to see if Pochettino actually picks, because he should have Laurie Sambatonga back, as I mentioned yeah. earlier on. I'd like to see him freshen it up a, a wee bit, because the last two, three games just really haven't been, haven't been good enough. And if, you, if you're going to keep re- rewarding poor performances with, with the league starts, then... I just don't I, don't... I can't see, like... Poch saying, go out there, enjoy yourself, lads, because I don't think anybody have got that frame of mind. I think now it's not just a, the fatigue physical issue. I think mentally they have switched off. We might get a couple more performances out of them, um, but they won't mean anything even if we thrash someone because why Why should that have any weight when everybody is is, is looking at the Villa game and, 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 and using that as the benchmark, like I said earlier. Just Let's just Let's make this the last pod of the season. <laughs> Let's just end it here and then just regroup next year. Where, where's Vertonghen? Where's he been? He's been ill. He's been ill. He's, sick. Virus. He's not injured. A He's mystery sick. virus. But he had wired. Spooky's virus. Oh, God, he'll be out for a right, long time, man. Time. He won't be eating any kebabs soon, I'll tell you that. No more eating for him now. Fuck boy. <laughs> we had a question from AT underscore Spurs from Twitter. Would you put fringe players in the shop window over the remaining games or play more kids instead? No, because their value will go down. If they see Polinio play any more than they've seen him, he's going to fucking be worth 17p. Look, honestly, the reason half these players weren't sold last summer is because we spent 100 million on X amount of players. It would look quite... I don't even know if it was possible to stick them back on the transfer list. There'd be a couple... Group of players been given two seasons. You know who hasn't achieved anything in those two seasons, and it will be pushed out this summer, and it will be done slightly better from a PR perspective. Because personally, you have to look at Baldini and think, right, what was, you know, who, who's going to take responsibility here? I know Levy. I better be careful here because apparently there was some kind of. Um, actually, no, I won't say in case we get into trouble, but. This this case of responsibility is is a hot potato. No one people are actually scared to point the finger at someone and say it was Levy's responsibility or <laughs> it was a shared responsibility. It's like who shot you know JR? Well, no, but it's like well, for fuck's sake, isn't it a collective? The fact that people are pointing fingers, 
it, it means it's fundamentally flawed the way we go about buying players. So get rid of these fringe players. Whether they play or not is irrelevant. They've got a fucking go. We're going to lose money on some of them. Faith in Mitchell, faith in Poch, and faith, hopefully, in Levy, having faith in them to guide how we do our business in the transfer window. For, for me, with... Um, by, by the way, the, the, the transfer strategy, uh, ITK, Aaron Lennon was behind all of it. Really? <laughs> he shit. decided who he we bought, yeah, and now he's shipped out because they've done shit. Fuck me, But um, kids or... Players in the shop window, I don't give a fuck, to be honest. I, I just, I would like to see um, a bit of spark back. Um, I want to see... Just some I pride. I want to see some pride. Just for our benefit. I, I just, it's tailing off towards the end of the season. I don't want to see a kind of half assed flip-flops on, not really caring, just out on the, on the pitch waiting for the weeks to dwindle down, whatever. I just, it should be the other way around, though, shouldn't it, Ricky? Because when you think about it... Finish no on pressure. the fucking high, man. There's no pressure on them now, unless they, they are mentally and physically fatigued. Or no-one really knows what to do because half of them are thinking, am I going to be sold? I mean, for just... me, if, if I thought I was that good as a, of a Premier League player or anything, I'd be like, this is how fucking good I am. Well, that's what that's Kane. That's what you're getting from Kane, and that's the exactly. only spot because he wants to get his 30th... Do you know what I mean? And he wants to push on from there. He's got hunger and desire, but then you've got to look from where he came from this season. He came from, I I don't want to say nowhere, but he was, the start of the season, if you had said he's going to score 30 times, you would have got laughed at. Not because he was a terrible footballer, it just wasn't really, he's a bit fantastical. Like, is he really going to lead us? Like, is that what we've come to? But turns out he's a bit of a gem. But, you know, then you look at the other players that are meant to be leading the line and they're not, and you think, well, you know, there's not much of a team here. We can't rely on Harry Kane to do everything. That's the, that's the exact thing I was about to say. We've got we've got people like Rose and Kane who, Give effort, are, lead, man. who, who are leading us and putting the effort in, and it's admirable and I love them for it, but it should be should be players, at least of one experience. or two of the, of, of the seven players that we bought in that yeah. transfer window, at least one of them, and... Even before before that window happened, you'd have said a Brazilian international, you know, Spanish centre forward. That's crazy. You know, no, 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 but this is the sort of thing you'd have, been, you'd have been like, yeah, this this is who we need, this is who we want. You know? But I thought I, I I was the per well, I wasn't the person, but I was I was one of the supporters of this is this is fantastic. We recorded is... we recorded pods. I remember um, I think Flaff died. I said, um, "Till we sign now," and I said, "Paulinho." I think you said someone else. Yeah. You're like, "Oh my god! Oh my god! Yeah, Get in the league!" Just, and and now you, now you'd laugh at half of those players. So that's embarrassing. It's, 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 it's like... all it's all hindsight. I mean, there's another question about our transfer policy, and we, no one no one knows anything really. You don't, you don't really know anything. We could, we could buy James Milner and he might be shit. We can buy some, I don't know, fucking Fabian Delph and he might be the future of Tottenham. I mean, who the fuck knows? OK, well, let's do that question now. So this is from Callum Haynes on Twitter. Is our mooted transfer policy of buying 10 to £15 million pound players with potential sensible? Don't we need experience as well as youth? And uh, we, we've spoken about this a lot recently in our WhatsApp group. We, we, we all think, yes, we do need experience. We need a couple of experienced heads. We've got all the all the, all the the young players who are kind of bubbling under and, and ready to break through, but they do need a bit of um, guidance in, in the team as well. And for me, Pochettino recognised that, and that's why he made Kabul and Adebayo as, as he named them captain. And obviously that hasn't worked out, but you can see where he was coming from there with, with what yeah. he was trying to do, making the experienced players, trying to give them the added responsibility that would bring out 
the experience um, and, and help them become leaders. Um, I, I mentioned on Twitter the other day, I'd love us to try and tempt Zabaleta to Spurs. He's the kind of player that, that would be absolutely phenomenal for, for Walker and, and for Yedlin and for Walker-Peters coming through. And he's got a link with Pochettino because they played together at Espanyol. So it's not beyond the realms of possibility, but that's the kind of player I, I'd love us to sign. What about Key? Yeah, <laughs> yeah. I mean, I, I, I mooted potentially signing Ki Sung Young from Swansea, and, he's and, and, and he's la- laughed at me. <laughs> We're laughing now, but in, we do need someone in midfield, and others like Milner, as, as you mentioned, T. Milner would be ideal. English K- Kabai is a good player. He's experienced. Yep. He's not a particularly nice guy, but maybe we need that mean streak in the team. But Key, for fuck's sake, man! He's a solid. Come solid on, Windy, player. man! You're letting yourself down. Uh, he's a he's a bargain basement Schneiderlin. We're not going to get Schneiderlin. He's going go to go. He's going to go to. The thing is about our transfer policy and about the whole potential thing, that always falls into this this thing that we, we, we kind of accuse Levy of, that he looks at the future. So if he's buying a player for £15 million, that player can make him £20 million. And you know what? He, Gareth Bale is probably the poster boy of, of uh, this policy that we have. But, but it he, has to be he, functional in terms of... We never knew Bale would turn into the player that he became anyway. He, and he was... You know he was bought with you know you know he was bought because he was touted at the time as being a, a wonder kid, and we almost fucked it up anyway because he ended up being almost being sent out on loan and whatever <laughs> else. But the point is that we have even with Genus, who was the original poster boy of the Levies, you know, by young English or British, um, the future, and and you kind of sense that it, there's always this narrative that they're going to be sold on that it's there and maybe that's the only way Tottenham can function or have been able to function in terms of being able to compete with other clubs uh, because we don't have the revenue in the stadium so we are we we're not a selling we don't want to be a selling club but in some ways we are because we 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 somehow have a knack of getting players who turn out to be world-class a Real Madrid Modric he's at fucking Real Madrid he's one of the best midfielders in the world we had him at our club and, it, and it's so the policy does work, but it like the two summers ago it felt like we bought players for the sake of the marquee rather than what Poch might do this summer. We might have a lot of people complaining, saying, "Who the fuck is that? Who the fuck is this? Where, where's where's our twenty million pound player? What twenty? What like the Spanish striker we, we signed who scored one this season? <laughs> Sorry, lads. <laughs> but do, do you know what I'm saying? There, there's I've, I'm going to put faith in the management team. This is like a, a sitting-on-the-fence response, really. Who they sign in the summer, I think the pressure is on next season. I want to see Poch and his style come through. I want to see players react. I want to see that spirit that we had early in the season constantly. What I think Ricky said, people that sit on the bench and come in to do a job, like some of the players at Chelsea and other clubs, they're hungry they want to play for their team and they want to win. They're winners. They've got winning men- mentality. So the key things is, sod this, buy experience, buy leaders and instill leadership in amongst all the, the players. I mean, I'm, I'm this is a bloody holy grail, really. But at the minute, I don't see enough leaders. I don't see, I don't see enough people that will, will, will support players that need to support the younger kids, like you said. Well, they've so got, it's, it's, you've got the kids who are the ones doing well, that. Well, this is my point. It makes a mockery of does. the 100 million and, and everything else. It makes a mockery of Kabul. It makes a mockery of, 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 of the players that should be taking uh, the crest and say, you're playing for fucking Tottenham Hotspur. Just give some heart. Give you know. Look at all these people that spend their money to come and watch you play every week. What, what are we doing? And, and what we get instead is... 
is a, just a typical transitional season because of the mess made by other people, you know, a year back. But do do we do we use the opportunity now where we've got nothing left to play for, as the cliche goes, to say to some of the next line of players who are ready to come through, all right, have have five games where no one's really going to judge you, no one's really going to care what you what you do, but just set yourself into the first team squad, get used to your surroundings, get used to playing in amongst these these first. Team I think players. I do. Oh, I think I stopped with Lamella. Oh, we paid twenty yeah. million, twenty five million for him, whatever. Well, it is. I, I've written just down here. Throw him in and, and, and just. Lamella's um, impressed in his last three sub appearances, but hasn't been brought into the team. I mean, uh, it seems a no-brainer to me to, to start Lamella. Um, Stombouli, we've mentioned before. I don't understand why he hasn't played more, uh, but now surely he needs a run of five games just just to see what he can do. We've not really seen him get a run in the Premier League. It's not happened yet. Um, and if you're going to play Paulinho, surely you can play Stombouli. I mean, the maybe, arguments against it. Maybe we're missing something here. Yeah, we, he does want to qualify for the Europa. We get asked that question every single week, and it's like, oh. no, if we're not playing in Europe, then what's the bloody point? I mean, we're playing, we're playing yeah, one, <laughs> we're playing one game a week now, and how are we I, doing now? We're not doing any better now. I, I don't know whether I've said this on the, or I couldn't have said it on the pod. I haven't been on it for a fucking age, but it's funny how players and supporters, and we all kind of make excuses about Europa League football and the amount of congestion and whatever else. And yeah, if it was Champions League, these very same players would fucking grow wings and fly across the pitch. Because it's the Champions League. The Europa League ain't sexy. It's like, you know, it ain't a bird in a minute. No, I better not go there, actually. I'll I'll be accused of, uh, yeah, let me edit that out. (laughs) (laughs) I mean, at the moment, where we are, I've seen seen a lot of things... That people are saying that we're stagnating over the past four or five years. We're finishing in the same places and stuff. But I, you know, I, I'm not saying look at my bigger picture, but look at Tottenham's bigger picture, where Levy and Co are trying to take us. So we have a stadium that that we have to pay for, and like any other business, you can't go out there and spend twenty, thirty million. We, we've tried it once when we had the bail money. And it fa- and it's failed. But so what we have to do is we have to buy potential, and then if that potential is so good that we can't turn down that money, we have to we have to bank some of that money and then pay and get someone that again go go on potential. That's all we can do at the moment. And although a lot of people don't don't like it, and the, a lot of people are saying that you know we should be spending a hundred grand on wages and keeping them and stuff like that we're not at that position at the moment and until we get the new ground even then we're not going to be in that position you've got to wait another couple of years for everything to bed in for the money to come in and and it's just it's one of those things and like like i don't want to sit here and say we're going to be transitional for another six (laughs) years because i fucking want to win something and I want to finish above Arsenal, and I want everything that where when I support Tottenham, not not just like when we've got Burnley at home, but those glory days that I enjoy with my family and my mates and and everything. But you kind of have to try and step back and look at what what Tottenham are trying to do, and and it's really hard because I want it now, well, <laughs> like anyone else. In the space of um, thirteen, fourteen months, we bought thirteen players and. Only two of them are really any good, so you can understand why fans are upset. You know, you've probably got Ericsson, yeah. Ericsson, Chadley at a stretch, Dyer. and and you got Dai, who's he's all right. Again, you know, his potential though. His potential with him. So, and then 
So, fans have got a right to be able to say, well, why don't we spend £20 million? But we've got to spend the money sensibly. And if we are going to go with a new... Um, what was the question? If you're going to go with a new um, transfer method, transfer policy, sorry, that's the word, then it's got to be a lot more sensible than the last one, because you're buying it, it, 13 fucking players. How can, it, I think how can you have be nine? Now, how can you have nine be pretty much shit? Oh, OK, exactly. Probably six, probably six of them are, are absolute pony. You know, we've really got to sort our transfer policy out because we're just throwing money away. I think and just quickly, Mitchell has been brought in. He's, you know, we've spoken about it already. He's brought, he brought Ali. From, yeah, from, no, exactly. From I mean, you know, he's going to look at the squad, the players that we have, the players that we need, the changes that need to be made. So I, I, I think if this fails, then we're just doomed to, to go from one transitional to the next, really, because the, the, the clubs above us get richer and richer by... You know, every year you look at Chelsea; they've got 25 players out on loan. Those 25 players could easily play in the Premier League, and they could probably some of them could be superstars in the Premier League. But Chelsea have bought players and then never played them, and they've gone off back to Germany, wherever. Like been, oh, um, what a player! And, and you think what has football become? It's a fucking. It's about money, and if you got more, if you got money, then. You're like the Lannisters in Game of Thrones. You're going to fucking run things. <laughs> but, and but, that, yeah, but that's the point. We haven't got any money, actually, so... <laughs> Not anymore. But we've, we've spent money. We've just spent it badly. We, we could say, well, we haven't got the money, but we've had the but, money you know what and, it is, spent it and spent it badly. We, 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 when we sold Gareth Bale that summer, the, the, it, obviously the money spent was because of It's he, like Brewster's fucking millions, yeah, But this it? is it. It's This summer... Where are we going to get the money from? I'm sure TV money, whatever else, profit, there will be money for transfers, without a doubt. And this is what I mean. I think we're going to be astute. I think we're buy, we will we probably be. buy young lads that fit Poch's style. And this is it. And if that's the case, and if we look at our squad at the start of next season and people are like, it, uh, I don't know, we haven't got any marquee players in there. You know what? Forget the past. Move, with, move in the same direction as the players that we've got and the coach that we've got. And hopefully the football will start coming through and we'll start enjoying it and Ricky will have a smile on his face and everyone can be fucking happy. Yeah? It takes a lot for me to have a smile on my face. I know, right? Money crack, I'll be there. <laughs> um, but the thing is, <clears throat> like, getting rid of Deadwood and things like that, we, we've got... Um, we already did, mate. He's at Aston Villa now. <laughs> <laughs> we're, we're saying about that a lot of the players that we need to ship out, but then that means a lot of players coming back in. So, are we really are, oh, are we going to yeah, be in this yeah, kind of like yeah. well, seven players that are going to save us and win the league, or is is it going to be different? How is it going to be branded? Like, I think how, how are we going to go about this? The, the supporters have to collectively get rid of this expectancy thing. Yeah, we have expectations, but like we want to do well. You know, unfortunately, people say doing well is defined by getting Champions League football, and Champions League football. As much as we kind of hate it, we also love it because we know you get away games in Europe that are slightly better than the ones we've been getting in the Europa League. So that, that gives the supporters something to look forward to, more so than the Europa League. And also, it does give you more money, which, you know, it's, it's, it's vicious because we complain about the money in football, but then we need the money to sustain a challenge to be able to dream about challenging for the league, as ridiculous as that sounds. It's like but giving a get... chimpanzee a machine gun. <laughs> but, but, <laughs> they haven't spent that money. But, but do you know where I'm going? Like, if you want to compete, you, you need Champions League football, because if yeah. you don't have it, you can't attract the players that are going to the other Champions League teams. So you're kind of stuck in this perpetual chase for a poison chalice, because it, that's what it is, because look how ugly 
supporters have become. Yeah, and, 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 and forth, it, yeah. since we've got fourth, because people have like tasted that 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 adventure, and it was fantastic. But oh, that adventure was so sweet, though. It, and that was Tottenham, really. Pockets of glory every now and again, and it makes us appreciate it more because we're not spoiled on it. And I don't think we could handle being spoiled on it. Believe me, because the way we, we behave now, <laughs> imagine if we had five years or ten years of dom- dominance. Fucking hell, man. We would be the most arrogant supporters on... It'd be fucking ten glory years. I'll take that. You, you, can, you can tell that Spooky's just been gagging to come on the podcast. And <laughs> Sorry, man. I'm not even drunk. It's awesome. I love it. We've missed you, man. Um, we had, following on from what Ricky said, we had a question from Ollie Whitefoot on Facebook... Do you think any of our Deadwood can be coached into an asset by Poch and Co, a la Danny Rose, rather than getting rid, which may be difficult to do, which is a fair point. I mean, we've been speaking, we've got so many players to ship out. We we know the players that need to go um, and we're going to have to buy some players. But can any of them be coached? I mean, from my perspective, the only ones that I would put any faith in being coached are Tom Carroll, potentially, although he hasn't uprooted trees at Swansea he could be a functional squad player and Lamella I think he has shown signs up, of developing he? yeah both of them do both of them do in fairness um, I mean he needs to bulk up in, 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 in both, not just physically but I think mentally as well the minute he's, which one Lamella or Carroll L- L- well Carroll I don't think he can bulk up I don't think he's got a future I suppose, no I, I think he's, he's a decent I'm sorry Wendy I know it's heartbreaking to hear no but no no if, if they're not good enough they're not good enough but I, I, although having said that I thought the same of Harry Kane <laughs> so so you know what I don't know what I'm talking about when we, say, when we talk about youth I'm always treading on eggshells and I look just to see if I can see a tear rolling down Wendy's cheek <laughs> Carol seems a, a bit oh, I don't know just a bit too he's small a yeah player, and I don't know whether... But Modric, though, he was small. Oh, no, he's... But Modric had big... He had meaty legs. Yeah. muscles in his legs are unreal. His calves are unreal. Yes. Not that I've admired Modric's legs. It's like Johnny Drama over here. Yeah, yeah, seriously. Um, What was I going to say? I I, I think Walker, for me. Well, Walker's not dead wood, but I think Walker... uh, Some are under Pochettino. Yeah. You could see Walker re-emerge like Danny Rose has. And, um... If if um, Yedlin, if he's not if he's not afraid to use Yedlin, then maybe Yedlin could provide that impetus for Walker to to improve. Thing is, Potch has been <coughs> in charge this full season, hasn't he? Mm-hmm. So he's had a full season to work with these players. Walker was injured for lots of it, mm. so we can kind of say he's not had the pre-season at least, which I think he, he needs really that, helped think. Rose. Yeah. For example. Okay, so for apart from Walker, from the other yes, Deadwood yeah. that we've had. And we've had Europa, League Cup, other cup, and like, you know, against Villa, Yedlin come on. I know it's not much of a run, but do, do, for me, do I think that uh, he can do any more with what he's got? It's, it's difficult to say because, you know, what are the, what are they going to do over the summer? I mean, for me, like uh, just a normal fan, what are they going to do over the summer that's different from an actual live season where they have been playing training well it's like coming into a game late on if you're not up to speed of the game going into a halfway then you're not going to be successful if you go there pre-season and you work on stuff work on your fitness you you know what the manager wants to do and you and you and you and you're trying things out in maybe meaningless games so you could, you're not afraid to fail then maybe maybe that can help to do maybe, but you don't need can remember maybe it is overplayed the, the whole pre-season thing but i think when you see how Rose has um, improved on last season, I mean, I was laughing with you guys outside about some of the tweets they're doing around when Rose first got the five-year contract, and now look at him. 
There may be a pre-season and arm around the shoulder could improve Carl Walker. There's a lot made about him being brainless, but it's one of those positions where not a lot of them are that intelligent, really. The problem we've got is we've got a number of players who've shown no sign of improving their weaknesses. So as much as people have been calling and clamouring for Dembele to play, and, and I myself would have much rather have him in the team than in some of the players we've seen recently, he hasn't improved on what his weaknesses are, which we all know are his ability to pass forward or be dynamic in the final third. Soldado hasn't improved on his weaknesses. He's still the same player we bought. Capu is still kind of one who's a bit of a passenger in games. Sometimes when he gets on the ball, he looks classy, but he doesn't really achieve anything. or He doesn't put his, use his, his body to its full effect. Kirikesh still uses... He's still a nutter. He still gives the ball away in dangerous areas. He's a rogue. He hasn't kind of improved in that area. And Paulinho just doesn't look any more technically able than mm. he was when we first got him, despite having a long rest between games. And people said that all he needed was a rest. Right. He had a long rest. To, to be positive, oh, we do, it sounds like we don't have any good players, but we do have good players. Mm. We have a spine of sorts. It's just that there's no protection for certain players. You know, I think if Eric Ericsson was supported more and he had a more defined role, I know all this stuff about doesn't matter if he's playing out on the left and, and coming in, but uh, tactically we could talk about it for hours. It, it probably does matter if he's given a particular role. And we know, we know from his Ajax days, he does have a habit. He's a young player, but he does have a habit of disappearing, not in just games, but in patches, mm. like over a period of time, his mm. form dips and comes up. Who that, Ericsson? Yeah, I mean, he's like... I mean, it's been said, again, you just have to watch Tottenham recently, he's not been influential at all. And he, he was he was actually quite... Um, he's been quite untidy at times, which you don't really associate with him, but... Are oh, those chances yet against Villa, though? I, I know, it's... it's oh, 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 really oh, yeah, I've, I've been really negative know, for the past. I, I feel know. really bad. I'm, I'm really sorry if you don't like hearing negativity. I've been really negative, but... But we, we have got good players in there. We're still just... positive, though, about Pochettino in the future. I mean, we've all Without said... Without a doubt. We have to be. We've got it, no it, choice. It, we back... No, but I don't think it's just that. There is something about him. He's got a presence and he's got a, an element of calm and authority. And you respect him. And you kind of see the difference he made at Southampton coming in mid-season in a difficult time and making and changing things. So we know he's capable of doing it. He just needs the right people around him. Yes, yeah, exactly. And the right players exactly to work it. with. I think we need more... You know, how many key players have we got? You, you say the guy between the sticks. For Tongan, you'd like to, sometimes. but sometimes you see. So it, it's flaky, it's just a little bit flaky, and that is a bit Tottenham ish. I refuse to say Spursy, by the way, because I'm Team Carlito when it comes to Spursy. <laughs> like, reclaim what Spursy means doesn't mean shit, <laughs> it means being a bit classy, but being a little bit shit now and again. But. Yeah. The only player we've not mentioned, I feel I should, because I get questions every day about him, is Pritchard. Um, he played Which one? Alex Pritchard. Nah, not going to make it, mate. <laughs> and the, the reason people... I mean, he's been scoring goals regularly for Brentford this season. And he's, he's another, another, he's another lightweight, though, isn't he? He is, and uh, I watched the game at the weekend. He, he's got, as far as I can see, the same um, downsides that he had when I used to watch him play for the youth team, in that he can play for himself a bit. Um, he only comes alive when his team have got the ball. But he has got something we haven't got much of in the, in the squad, which is a deft touch in tight areas and a, and a creative Ooh, brain. Oh, that sounds like Luca. And, 
It's well, it's more Ericsson, I'd say. He's he's really? got that kind of unlocking the defence pass that Ericsson has. He's got a really good shot. He's got a lovely goal, cutting in on his right foot from the left and curling it into the far corner. And he he's one I think will be probably brought into the squad. Having I, I previously said he he probably wouldn't be good enough, but we're at the point now where we need English players for the homegrown quota. We don't really want to go and sign another ten players, so why not promote him and give him a chance? Again, like uh, with going back to Ollie Whitefoot's question about uh, getting players that can... Was it his? I don't know, whoever, I don't care who it was. That that, uh, that players that we've got can potch coach them, basically. And with Pritchard, that you were saying just then, that, you know, plays for himself and only comes alive when uh, the, that his team have got the ball, then maybe with P- Potch's kind of um, training and uh, uh, under his managerial, that he can say, you know, this is where this is where you need to improve your game. You need to uh, defend as a team and help out your teammates. And, you know, it, it, it could be one of those things that, that will really get him playing. Because other people would see that skill and say, yeah, use it, to your, use it to your best and go out and play your game. Whereas it could come back and then Potts could say, you know, actually, you're really good at that. You don't need to train on that. So let's just stick with your defensive side of the game. And there could be a lot of players that have gone out on loan and, and come back that, that are doing quite well, that, that he could get the best out of them. Cool. Okay. Do we want to bring it back to Newcastle and do predictions, or do we nah, want to skip predictions? Nah. We're so nil. bad at predictions; it's it's not even worth doing. Five nil Tottenham. Okay. Just any anyone got anything else? Here, so Has anyone got anything else I'd like to add that we haven't covered? I think we've done it. We've we've been pretty thorough in the uh, assessment of the season as a whole there, and, and the Villa game. Um, I'm sorry if it's appeared a bit negative. I mean, yeah, we are broadly we're broadly happy with how things are going. It's just the last couple of months have just been hard to take. Just embrace reality. Just embrace reality. You'll be happier for it. Don't, don't be angry all the time. Smoke weed. We take are what drugs. we are. <laughs> don't take drugs. That. <laughs> no, fuck it. Take drugs. Yeah. <laughs> this is our podcast. I can say what I want. Be yeah. sexy like me. Exactly. Thank you to the Chicago Spurs guys for coming down and being a part of the podcast. Yidos, yidos, yidos. Thank you, Spooky. We've missed you on the pod. Right, I'll see you in back. 2016. <laughs> <laughs> Ricky, really good appearance. to see you, mate. Nice to be back. <laughs> <laughs> and T. The other week. Thank you, Ricky. Every, every week here. Oh, and just uh, say thank you, Wendy, for presenting to yeah. Yeah, us. Thank you, host. the host. Good job. Hostess with the most. Cheers, guys. Yeah. Thank you. And Flav will be back next week. You'll be pleased to hear. We've missed him. Um, as much as we take the piss out of him, he's an awesome host and we're, we're lucky to have him. So if I'll be back next week. That's it. That's for the Fighting Cock Podcast. Thank you for listening. Sports Social Podcast Network. Sports Social Podcast Network. Sports Social Podcast Network. Sports Social Podcast Network. Geico asks, how would you love a chance to save some money on insurance? Of course you would. And when it comes to great rates on insurance, Geico can help. Like with insurance for your car, truck, motorcycle, boat, and RV. Even help with homeowners or renters coverage. Plus, add an easy-to-use mobile app, available 24-hour roadside assistance, and more, and Geico is an easy choice. Switch today and see all the ways you could save. It's easy. Simply go to geico.com or contact your local agent today. Sports Social Podcast Network. Sports Social Podcast Network. 
Sports Social Podcast Network. Sports Social Podcast Network. Sports Social Podcast Network. Sports Social Podcast Network. Sports Social Podcast Network. Sports Social Podcast Network. Sports Social Podcast Network. Network.